You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Ball Soccer Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill, and as always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Hey, how's it going, Jeremiah? Episode 57 tonight. We're on episode 57, and it's the very first episode that we've done on the YouTube Live. That's right. Somehow we are we found ourselves on YouTube. Yep, I don't know how that happened, but <clears throat> we got, we're here and we're happy about it. We got Zuckerberg, and uh, <laughs> we've been thrown off the Facebook platform and onto the Google platform all at once. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is our show about our lives in rural Indiana. It's a show about folks that we that are what's this say, Dakota? It says it's this is a show about folks who are involved in politics. There it is. That would that's what we're doing here. We promise that our episodes are gonna be a fun and an easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks we just find interesting. On my left and on your right, we have uh city no, we have county councilmen. County council. We've got half of the uh, people running have... for half the incumbents that are running for re-election. There's right no here. Aaron Dickin or Mark Coger in this room. That's right. These are the Henry County Councilmen. We have uh, from District Four, Nate Lamar, making his return appearance. Hello, Nate. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be back. Glad to have you back. You are uh, you're in your campaign gear. It says Nate Lamar for County Council. You're running in the fourth district, which is the uh, the eastern portion of Henry County. Uh, eastern, northern, and southern. Yeah, so you basically outside of Henry Township. Yeah, yeah, you've got everything, almost almost everything on the east side of State Road Three, or roughly along, along the center line of the county to the east, excluding the center township, which is Newcastle or Henry Township. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right, and then uh, on the other side of the room, we have uh, Councilman Steve Duggar. You go by Steve, right? Not Stephen, or do you, either or. Either or, Steve. Most people call me Steve. All right. And uh, you're in the third district. You've uh, you've right. been elected a couple of times, and you're running for your third term in the third district. That's correct. Uh, and you have the basically you're the two people that represent the rural part of Henry County. Everything but Newcastle, everything but the Henry Township is covered by you two. So what Nate doesn't have, you have. Right. So and it's basically the western side, so <clears throat> Middletown, Knightstown, Shirley. Middletown, Knightstown, Shirley. Greensboro, Kennard. Yes. Yes. Sulphur Springs. Yeah. Honey Creek. Honey Creek. Mechanicsburg. Yes. Caddis. Uh, Don't forget Grant City. Grant City. Yeah. You've got, uh, yeah. what's the little tiny uh, hamlet just uh, just outside of Knightstown to the uh, east? Raysville. Yes. N- Rays- no, there's another one. Um, I'm thinking Ogden. 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 That's the one. Yeah. Ah, Ogden. Ogden. That's, uh, that's one of those on the old, nas- old, now, old National Ogden, Road. Ogden, though, yeah. is actually in Spiceland Township, just barely. Oh, is so it's really? your yeah. territory. And... About half of the Knightstown Lake housing addition is in Spiceland Township, believe it or not. Man, you got the big money district, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the people in Ogden rolling in the dough. Now, how, how are the people of Ogden better, or, or Knightstown Lake better represented from a guy that lives in Mount Summit than they are from a guy that lives on the west side of the county? How well, can we explain uh, this gerrymandering? Town. Yeah, uh, that's how redistricting works, Jeremiah. That's... That's how, that's, I guess. Yeah, if you kind of draw a line from Sulphur Springs across the west into the county, then everything west there 
is in my district. Yep. Okay. Now, now Nate has, and I kid him about this. Uh, he's, he he has, you're you're going to talk about the prison, he, aren't you? He, he has more people than I have. <laughs> he, he, he has to count the prisoners mm-hmm. down there. What, about 2,000? That's right. Uh, 3,000 now. 3,000 3, that's, that's why my district lost Jefferson Township yeah. during the last reapportionment. Yeah. And, and I kid him, and I tell him, I've told him before that he should go down there and visit some of them because I have. You, oh, you've gone down and visited them. So right. why can't Nate? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. See, being a pastor, you get called everywhere, mm-hmm. and I've been asked that's by true. people to go to the prison and visit uh, relatives of theirs that's in the prison. That's right, yeah. We're so gonna, I'm, I'm visiting people in Nate's district. We're going to get into your background, and I pulled your information <laughs> off of the LinkedIn, and it was saying that you're a pastor, but there wasn't a photo of you. Um, it just said that you're a Henry County Council District 3 representative, and I'm like, I yeah. so hope that this is Steve's, uh, oh, our yeah. Steve Duggar yeah. in Henry County. Well, somebody talked me in back some years ago to signing up for LinkedIn, and I did and filled out some of it. And and actually, somebody else wrote a lot of that that was on there. You have a ghostwriter for your LinkedIn page? Hey, it was, my, it was my, young, my youngest son, Caleb. He lives in North Carolina now. He's the one that thought I should be on LinkedIn. So well, it really helped for... For the prep of this show. Help so. you find me. Yes. <laughs> Tracked you down. Yeah. So, Dakota, this has been a, w- w- this has been like a weird week for us. We've only had, this is the only show we've done. It is. It's, it's, it's been nice. Nice and quiet around here. <laughs> Last week we had the three different episodes. Um, All we did was, was worked, sh- recorded podcast, edited podcast, and planned the next podcast. That was the entire week last week. That was all, though. It's not like it's... <laughs> and write show notes for every single show. Each one of these shows takes about, uh, I'd say, about four hours of effort to put in. And then last week you had working a full-time job and a little bit of overtime thrown in there. And then writing all the show notes, recording the episodes, getting them up on YouTube. We had horrible audio failures for uh, Adam Bowman's episode. It was it was a mess. And we've we're had, all collected now. We, we're, they're all up there. Um, we've had some interesting times with uh, with the tech this week. Yeah, uh, we are efforting a um, a live show election uh, the primary night Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to send Chase Payton down to Primo for the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to have him hand cell phones to to people that are on the ballot uh, as the results come in and try to try to get some results and some opinions and let people call uh, watch our show live. Um, we're we're not on Facebook tonight. We're on YouTube because Facebook yep. all of a sudden didn't want to work. Uh, a second ago, I realized that the card wasn't in the in the uh, in the Zoom recorder, <laughs> so I'm, I've, I already know I've got an extra hour of work tonight stitching this back together because of that little trouble. So, I love it. It's been a fun time. It, That's all right. It's been a great time. We uh, we've gotten we've got some new equipment on the way. I'm excited. Um, we're talking about replacing the side recorder, so that means that we'll be able to go whenever we record meetings. We'll be able to set our uh, the recorder that we're going to buy up on the up on the table of the of the officials and pull in really good audio quality from that. Uh, do podcasts on locations and places. It's a really it's a really good thing, and that's all thanks to our Patreon subscribers and everybody who supports us on on Patreon. Is uh, that's a big help for us, and we're gonna we're gonna try to put all that back to the people who pay attention and listen to this show. So we uh, we have been uh, we we said once we get to two hundred dollars a month, I think it was, or one hundred and fifty, we were going to create was this one hundred and fifty. Once we get to one fifty, we were going to create a Tuesday show. So that's tinfoil time with you and yep. Audrey. 
And we are getting, we're about 60% of the way to our $500 a month goal, uh, which meant we needed to actually start looking yeah, uh, for, right. for some studio space. We didn't so expect to get there that fast. It's coming quick. <laughs> we've uh, we've been, we, we toured a place on Tuesday night, and yeah. uh, we think it might work out. Uh, we need a little bit more help from people so that Dakota and I don't bankrupt ourselves or find ourselves single because he's recently married and I'm getting married in two months, and neither one of us <laughs> want any trouble at home, so we need some help with the costs. Hey, at least if that happens, we'll have the studio to sleep in. <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not even going there. Yep. So we did get a new Patreon subscriber, and it is promised that we give them a shout-out on whenever they sign up, and that is Mr. David Herring. Uh, he signed up and uh, pledged some of his some of his money to us every month. We really appreciate that, David. And uh, we got some kind words from him whenever we thanked him and put him in the private Facebook group. So always like seeing that. Always like seeing that type of thing. Lifts my spirits and makes me more motivated to to do a better job. That's right. People actually listen to this thing and watch. And I know. And we've got uh, we've got uh, we've got county councilmen here, so we probably ought to just talk to them for a while, huh? Maybe this is the first time we've had two county council members in the or people running for office in general in the studio. Yeah, we're it's not a debate though because they're both these guys. This this one worked out <laughs> nicely uh, because they're both the incumbents. So you get the last word. Uh, you've had you've each had your opponents on the show so far. Uh, Nate Susan Hoon was on, and then uh, uh, Steve. We had uh, Peg Steffendell, and before that, Betsy Mills was on the program. Um, so let's get to know Steve a little bit for people that, uh, that don't know him. Um, you've been, uh, I guess you, is your, your primary job, but you, you're a pastor or you, you have been a pastor right. for about the last 30 years or so, uh, at the uh, Jackson Park Baptist Church. I, I pastored there for 29 and a half years. Almost 30. Ooh, almost, they, almost you, 30 you left years. just before you could get that gold watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, since then. What I've done is, uh, like a church is without a pastor, I filled in uh, for them and serve as an interim pastor until uh, they got one. And I've helped a couple churches during that time. And uh, in between those times, a pastor wants to go on vacation. He'll call me, and um, I'll fill in for him. Or there's been different circumstances. One pastor, his wife was sick uh, for a while, and he needed to be with her, and so I filled in for him. Just just different situations. So I'm not a full time pastor anymore. I thought it was time for me to to step down, and that's what I did uh, back uh, maybe four years ago or so. Okay, okay, something like that. So Come yeah, so that you were there in, in 2012. So mm-hmm. until 2012, at least yeah. that's what your LinkedIn page yeah. said. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you. Tell me a little bit about your educational background. Where you where where'd you go to high school and elementary school at? Uh, I went to. I got to go to the Old Moreland Elementary School. A lot Old of people Moreland. did. Yeah. Bear, is it a Bearcat? What were the Bear? What was the Bobcats? Is it Moreland Bobcats? I think it was I, Moreland. I, I think I think you're right. I'm not sure. I spent a lot of time at the Moreland Free Fair with Rex Bell, shaking <clears> shaking <throat> people's hands and looking for votes. And well, I'm pretty sure that they're the Bobcats, but I could be wrong. I was a Blue River kid, yeah, uh, for a couple of years. But uh, it, we were the Vikings at that point. The well, Moreland had already been combined you know, with Mount Summit. It it was it was really. I mean, I look back and it was it was neat. Uh, we lived about three miles west of Moreland in the country. And uh, a lot of times I'd ride my bike to school, yeah. I'd take the country gravel roads, ride my bike to school. And I got to stay after a little bit and hang around town and, you know, with some friends. So that was back in the day when some kids would walk home to eat lunch. So whenever you were, 
you had your kids and you were and you were raising your kids, did you say, "Well, back back whenever I went to school, we had to ride our bikes to school and whenever it was negative twelve degrees outside." Oh no! So you, it, you grew up about three yeah. miles west of Moreland, west of so Moreland. so somewhere on Messick, right off of Messick Road. Yeah. Yes, if you turned, uh, if you turned south off thirty six. Onto Messick Road, it was three-quarter mile to the first crossroad, 425. Yep. Turn back left, we were the first place on the right. Now, there's a couple newer homes that have went in there since then, but that's where I grew up. I grew up between 200 and 300 on Messick Road. Really? Two, yeah, between 200 and 300 north. Huh. And the uh, the York family would have lived there back uh, back in the time you were there, I'd imagine. But, uh, yeah, it's a small world. Yes, yeah. sir. We had uh, three acres and way too many goats. And horses and sheep and the whole hobby Way farm thing. Goats. Yeah, yeah. We had a we had a whole we had chickens. So anyway, I went to I went to the Moreland. Then then we got uh, at seventh grade. We went to Blue River, and um, so I got to ten uh, Blue River, which I think Blue River was built about what seventy three maybe. I'm not real sure. Do you know Nate? I was thinking early seventy seven, uh, because I entered fifth grade in. August 1977 at Blue River Elementary. Oh, I'm at the high school. Oh, the high school. Yeah. Um, probably. Early what, 70s. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking early, early 70s. They, they, have, they have the T-shirts that say they're undefeated in football since 1970, whatever, okay. but I don't remember what the year is. Yeah. Exactly. When I, when I got in the ministry, I, uh, uh, you know, uh, started attending pastor school and things like that, you know, preparing uh, for that. And, uh, but I've, I picked up some trades that uh, uh, actually years ago before I came up, I, I started out bivocational. Okay. And uh, so I was a meat cutter for a long time. Now, they say people change occupations, but, you know, I was a, I was a meat cutter. I worked for Rose City uh, down here in Newcastle as a meat cutter. I started out in Jar- at Jarrett's Grocery that used to be on South 18th Street. And uh, then I went to work for Rose City. I, that's where I learned to butcher. And then I worked for MG Packing over in Anderson, Indiana for a while. And then from there, I, I went, uh, I'd been a bivocational pastor for seven years, and then I went full-time So you in, said in the ministry. You said you picked up a lot of a lot of different trades. Yeah. So like, it sounds to me like you're kind of a an addicted hobbyist like I am. Uh, I just find different things that I, I like to do and do it for a little bit. And... I, I, <laughs> I, I learned electrical. I, I've built two new houses yeah. uh, myself. And uh, so I became a builder. Uh, I could do electrical. I can do plumbing. I can do heating. You were planting or or doing some. You were on a tractor. I was on a tractor before I came in here. Yeah. (laughs) So you're running a disc. Yeah. Okay. So you're farming. Uh, Just for ourselves. Yeah. Just just planting planting some hay and grass mix for horses. For your own animals. Your your own deal. Right. And and you've uh, tried to pick up the banjo too. Just like I'm trying to I've do tried, currently. I've tried playing the banjo. It's difficult. I've tried playing the guitar. Uh, not been very successful at that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have uh, also built two new houses. Have you? And I did electrical work and am trying to learn to play the banjo. Hey, we got do some, some things to do. You're trying to be <laughs> Steve Duggar when you grow up. <laughs> yeah, you I prob- guess. You probably ought to go work in a packing plant for a while. Path, maybe. Go to yeah. Head or Dot Foods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. There you go. Well, I helped build the board said factory, so. Did you? Maybe does that count for anything? I had to I had to do a lot of uh, work in the in the uh, raw and hazmat uh, waste meat area, and it smelled horrid. 
It wow. smelled bad. <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the planning commission had done their job and kept that stuff out of our county, we'd be fine, <laughs> wouldn't we? Yes. No more changes. Gosh dang it. <laughs> All right. Let's get to know Nate a little bit. Nate's a returning guest, so uh, our folks that have been around a while, they, they've they already met him once, so we can we don't have to spend a lot of time getting to know Nate, but he's got uh, the resume of the uh, of the stars here. You, you grew up in Hagerstown. I know that. Uh, well, the Blue oh. River area. Okay. Yeah, I, I went there for elementary school, and then in 1979, uh, my family moved to Hagerstown. Uh, my dad had bought a farm over there in 77. And after a couple of years of having to drive over there at least once a day, he said, we need to move to Hagerstown. So we did. So <laughs> I went to grade 7 through 12 at Hagerstown and graduated from there. Gotcha. All right. All right. And then uh, from there, you uh, you went off you went off and joined the Army. That's correct. And uh, you, were, you had a semi-professional career with the Army you, as a – it wasn't just four years and you're out. You want to explain your Army, your Army service a little bit? Well, uh, seven years active duty total. Uh, Senator Luger appointed me to West Point. And at West Point, I studied general engineering like all cadets do along with Middle Eastern studies. Uh, once I graduated from there, I went to field artillery school in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, and then the Defense Language Institute in Monterey, California for their German program. And then I went off to my unit in Germany. So how many languages do you speak? I'm fluent in German, French, and Spanish, and I can get by in Arabic. Okay. So were those intentionally – were you just interested in languages, or did you intentionally pick them up because it was it was convenient for the for the Army – I think the Lord has, you know, just blessed me with a gift for languages, but not a gift for higher math. I, I failed a semester of calculus at West Point and had to retake it in summer school. Interesting. Well, we all have. To, I had to retake algebra once, too. That's the way, that's the way life goes. I'm the world's worst. Uh, <clears throat> I'm a salesman. My, my, my boss is like, every time your math skills are in, involved, he, he questions me. You sure? Oh, Excel said it's fine. I'm, I'm sure we're probably okay. Uh, so then... Uh, in between uh, your time in the uh, your, when your army career ended, you spent some time teaching uh, in the education side. You said you spent about a year and a half at uh, was it Anderson uh, or Muncie? Daleville? Daleville. Yeah, I, I taught French at Daleville for a year and a half. Now, prior to that, I had taken uh, you know substitute jobs, uh, temporary contracts here and there, but uh, I was at Daleville the longest. But at that point, I decided on a career change and uh, went and got an MBA in international management. All right. And that led to uh, your career. You've been with Draper now for just about 18, 19 years. Uh, somewhere in there. Coming up on the 19th anniversary. 19 years. Awesome. Um, and in your role there is you're, you're in sales, uh, international, international sales department. So every time we turn around, Nate's in Israel or, or, or some other some other far off dot Dubai. on the map. I've heard him say Dubai. Like, you're all over the place, man. I bet that's actually a pretty rewarding career getting to travel like that. I like what I do for a living, but I'll admit, uh, you know, it gets tough uh, the older our daughters get. Ah, uh, yeah, you know? yeah. And I've I got bet. a senior in high school now and a sophomore. Right. Yeah, that would be. Mm-hmm. But it would still be pretty neat to go to those places. And you already know all the languages, so <laughs> there's not that barrier there. Not that going for you. But uh, uh, let's see. So whenever you're in the military and you you are a linguist officer. Mm-hmm. What, uh, like, what? You, who are you working with and, and in that role? What's the... In Germany, um, I was on, an, on a German army base, one of 40 Americans working with 2,000 Germans, and I was responsible for intelligence and security. That's really neat. So, yeah, that that, that's basically really cool. what I did. I, I, uh, there was a, a friend of mine in high school. Um, 
that we were actually on the history academic team together. And uh, he, after high school, he went on to be a linguist in the Army. Oh, what's I always his wondered name? that. Um, uh, crap. Is it, is it first name Jonathan? But okay. I can't remember his last name for the life of me. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was he was one year older than me. And I've mm-hmm. always thought that was really neat because I have tried to pick up other languages. I've tried to learn Spanish and things. I got... I can uh, do sign language, but like actually talking, it's it's really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting how it helps how your brain picks that up, and mm-hmm. and my brain has a difficult time with it. It's really interesting to to think about that. Mm-hmm. All right. In other yeah, news, I, I, we, we, this is our first time on the uh, with the YouTube page, and it looks like about 15 people have found us live. So if you guys yes. have found us, you can actually go ahead and hit the subscribe button, and the next time. Uh, we get forced over to the YouTube side. You'll get a notification that we went live, so you'll know. Uh, I just finally figured out how to how to get the chat working, so I can actually <laughs> see the chat messages that are coming in. And it looks hey, like Brant Spicer, uh, so I can finally see the messages. Awesome. That's uh, that's a thing, I guess. I just I, just I feel, feel like we're flying blind. Over we here. have in common again. What's that? Oh, the sign language? <laughs> awesome. That is really cool. It's, How uh, does that happen? That's so okay. weird. So so they're signing now, Nate, on our, on our podcast, audio podcast, and they're signing each other. You're going to have to help me carry the show if this is the way this is going to go on. Yeah, that's right. Me and Steve will have our own private conversation. Yeah. And if you want to hear what he has to say, then you have to I watch think, the yeah. I think Steve just told him to video. steal second base. <laughs> no, I said yes. Yeah. Uh, Ron Romine is watching. He says YouTube sucks. Well... Right now, Facebook is terrible because it wouldn't let us go live <laughs> at all. So if you if you want to see the show live, this is the platform we're stuck with. That's right. All right. So going down the list of uh, what Dakota planned for us here, yep. uh, he's just got us opening with the most controversial issue in the history of our county. Yep. We're going to uh, put it out there, and we're going to get it out there now and out of the way did in you, case uh, we talk about it for forever. Did you bring today's newspaper with you? I forgot it downstairs. You left it downstairs. I left it in the kitchen. So you know. <clears throat> since Sunday... The uh, there have been these half page ads that have been in our Courier Times, the local paper, uh, and it's been emails, printed emails. There have been some freedom of information requests that have gone out from citizens, uh, and I'm not sure where they've all come from. I know the one uh, that was in Sunday's paper came from Rush County, uh, and it was and it, it was an email that was published about a week and a half ago. And Nate, we're going to ask you about it because you talked about it in the county council meeting on Wednesday. Uh, there. There basically was the Lee Morning is the county attorney. Is that correct for Rush, Rush County? County attorney. Yeah. That's uh, so Lee said, "Hey, we're negotiating or in discussions with the developer, and we have certain things that we want to have laid out." It was uh, if I I don't have it in front of me. I should have pre- prepared better, but I didn't. But I'll try to go from memory. Uh, Lee had said that they were concerned about uh, road use, and they were concerned about one other topic. And I, was it the abatements? No, I believe the decommissioning agreement. It was the de- it was the bonds. Yeah, you're right. It was decommissioning bonds. So ma- making sure that those were in place and that Lynn Lee was skeptical. Uh, and it was an email addressed to, I think, our economic development folks. You were included as the county council president. And I think the county council in, and maybe the commissioners. The, the Rush and, County, the Rush county commissioner. president was included as well. Yeah, so the Rush County com- uh, commissioners and council president were involved. And you replied, and this is the email that got printed in the paper, was Lee's original email and then your response and basically said, thanks for making sure we have a united front. We support you. And you were saying, hey, do we need to have another meeting? Um, that was printed. And then there have been a number of subsequent emails talking about wind. And I think, as best I can tell, it really hasn't had a narrative printed with it other than that, you know, our county officials are talking to wind developers. 
I think the theme is, well, there's some sort of, there's, there's discussion taking place, so then that's nefarious. Um, so I guess, do you want to summarize what your comments were Wednesday, and we'll, we'll take the topic from there and then go from, go sure. from that um, point. I was in Israel at the time on a business trip, and I was just saying, um, you know, it sounds like we need to have a lunch meeting at the Flamingo and Dunreath, since that's about halfway between Newcastle and Rushville. You know, that way um, I and the Rush County Council President can be there, you know, just to observe, to take notes, to know what's going on. Uh, likewise, uh, you know, the Rush County Commissioners were invited and the Henry County Commissioners. But uh, the Henry County Commissioners, I believe they appointed Ed Ganos to be the point man on that. The Rush County Commissioners, at one meeting they had Paul Wilkinson. At another meeting they had Bruce Levi. Okay. I, I never did meet Mark Bacon, but, uh, yeah, it, it was just um, discussions. I mean, no official action was taken yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, so as as I understand it, because I, I spent a little bit of time on the park board, as long as you don't have the majority of the council together, you guys can have meetings and interactions, and it's probably, in my view, and I, I can only speak for myself, in my view, that's kind of your responsibility is to have negotiations and, and to have the county's interest at heart when you're when you're in having these discussions. That's um, I, so I, I'm, you know, I'm all, that's, I'm all that's for good scandal, have... but I'm still trying to understand where the smoking gun is on this one. <laughs> um, you tell me, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, that's why we have, you know, various committees and liaison appointments like the abatement committee that comprises, um, Dick Bouslog, Mike Falls. Yeah. The two of them meet in private with various companies, you know, seeking to do business in Henry County to determine whether or not this is a good bet for an abatement. So an abatement th that that committee will meet and and vet and go through a process and then they will report back to the council and, make and then a you guys one way or the other right and then so. and then you get to make your decision based upon their their recommendation or their committee report as to what direction you're going to go that's right mm -hmm. okay you know, uh, Dick Bouslog and Mike Falls for example they would have met with say the Boar's Head people before the rest of us would have okay um, so Steve. It, it, I guess during this time, I, I, I'm not familiar with your position, I guess, on wind and where you've been or where, what your current position is. Um, but I guess we're going to ask each of you, you know, with the issue of abatements, because as we've we've talked about this on the show a number of times, there's kind of two roles that council has. One one's a pretty big role with with regard to abatements, because you said, mm -hmm. you know, you have the you're the fiscal side of the county. So you decide if any development is going to get an abatement. And then on a lesser degree, uh, you have one seat on the planning commission. So you have one with, with regard to land use and this. I'm not on the planning commission. You're not on the planning commission now. I don't know who, you know, after this cycle, I don't know which one yeah. of the seven will, will be that person. Fleming is on there currently. Yeah. Right. But I'm saying in the in the next cycle, I don't know which oh. which person. I, I don't know how that's okay. set, if you just make a nomination each time or if you rotate through districts or what the what the system has been. Uh, so I guess, Steve, I get, we'll ask your general theme on wind, if you're supportive generally, if you're supportive of abatements now, if you've been in the past, where, what's your position? Well, that was a lot of questions. I know. <laughs> it's, it's an open-ended question. Start with one. All right. So are you in favor of abatements now? For, for wind. For wind. For wind. Now, I don't want this to sound like a political answer. Well, you've been reelected once already, so okay. you're, you're going to get labeled I've as being been, a politician, whether you like I've it or been, not. I've been establishment. Yeah. Yeah, I've been. Uh, here, here's the thing. I think it is unfair. Now, I'm not being critical of Nate, okay? And I, I want you to know that, Nate. It's just that on the council, we don't always agree, okay? And my position is I think it would be unfair for me to say 
that I would vote for an abatement or an against an abatement with not hearing them first. Now, he explained Mike Thaws and uh, Dick Bowslog. They go, they talk to a prospective company that's coming in, they listen to them, they come to the council, but then that company appears before the council at the same time, and they lay out everything for the council. And I think it's unfair to them, for me, to say yay or nay right now without hearing anything whatsoever. They have, there is, now in the two, or in the, uh, you'll have to refresh my memory on this, uh, we offered a tax abatement for Nordex, didn't we? No, no. No, we haven't offered a tax uh, abatement Nordex, for Nordex. Uh, let me. I mean, think this has been history. years ago. Uh, we uh, met Apex. At, Apex. Apex. No, we met Nordex at, became Apex. Okay. Okay. Uh, we met at Memorial Park. What five years ago? Six years ago now. Yeah, I, I barely remember a public meeting. That you're we, right; it was we, about five had, or six years ago. But it was mm-hmm. unanimous. It was mm-hmm. unanimous that the whole county council voted. But everybody was there. They did the. I mean, they explained sound. They explained everything, and it was a unanimous vote that we offered that. So I, I don't think that it's fair uh, to say that I won't give an abatement for me. So you're okay, saying I'm speaking for me until you hear back from the abatement committee. So well, that, that well, would be, be Dick like you and... coming, you come into Henry County. I don't know what, <clears throat> what make up a business name. Right. Uh, you're going to sell the stuff that you cleaned out of boar's head down there for dog food. <laughs> and you're going to start this factory. And I say, no, I'm not going to give you no abatement. I think that I should hear your presentation first. I should hear what you've got to say. And then I should be able to ask you questions. And then I can decide once I have, your facts in of what you're doing, say, yeah, I'll be for an abatement. Now, there's a two-part to that, and you're probably going to get to that. Uh, On this abatement that's being talked about, which I don't think will ever, ever come before the county council, I don't think they'll ever come and ask for an abatement. Now, that's my opinion. Uh, you know, they've, they've got some hurdles to cross. I mean, the commissioners have been working on this, you know, and it's in the lawyers' hands now and whatever they're going to come up with, which I don't know if anybody knows yet or not. But, the commissioners are working on a, a wind ordinance, right? The, uh, the, the WEX right, ordinance. The ordinance. All right. Okay, so they're working on that, and it's in the attorney's hands. Okay, when that comes back, it's my understanding that they will then vote or decide to vote. But – if they vote to approve it or they don't vote to approve it, and this is my opinion, I don't think that the – I don't think that there will be uh, Calpine. Let's just call it what is Calpine. I don't think they'll be coming before the council to ask for a tax abatement. So, me. so we, the steps that are that have to happen, uh, they're, right now there is a wind ordinance, but there, I guess there's an expectation that it's going to change. Uh, we're going to have – you would have to have a commission-approved use again from the county uh, – I guess from the county planning commission and then the county commissioners, and then at that time you would come to the council for an abatement on a project. They would. They would then, if they wanted to come before the council and ask for an abatement, once they had gone through those steps, then yes, they would come before the council and ask for a tax abatement. Okay. Okay. So uh, you're what to clarify what you were saying before with the uh, with the abatement committee. Mm-hmm. They it's not specific to wind. It's for any company 
that wants to ask for a tax anybody, abatement in the county. Anybody. So it's not it's not like you you made this committee and or the council made this committee just for the sole purpose of the wind companies. Right. I just wanted to make yeah, that it, clarification. It's, it's been in place for any business coming into the county that would be asking for a tax abatement. Uh, Mike Thals and Dick Balslog would meet with them, and then that company. Uh, we just approved a tax abatement for the farm down in. Uh, down in Knightstown, yeah. the hops, yeah. hops, farm. Yes. hops. Yeah. We approved that. Okay, they came before us, and then they explained their venture, what they were going to do, and all, and we voted to give them a tax abatement. All right. Uh, I think that's a fair process. Now that's 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 just me. So we we have actually <clears throat> asked that of people who are running for county council and people who are running for the commissioner's seat. Um, no matter what, would you be a hard no? We've asked that uh, after. The initial would tax abatement thing. Would I be a hard no? Well, I mean, I'm just saying we've – most of the people that have come in have said probably not or no. And we've always asked, are, are you sure or is there other stipulations? And you just told us that you don't you don't think it's fair because you're not on that abatement committee, right? You want to, you want to hear what they have to say before you can – before you think that you can make a fair and sound judgment on that. Right. Which I think is – I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's reasonable. So a um, judge doesn't go into a courtroom before he hears guilty. the lawyer, right, yeah. and say I'm going to vote guilty or I'm going to convict you no matter what. So well, that's as a business owner, and, and, and I'm not being critical of anybody, and 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 anybody knows me, I call it like I see it. There, you know, you want to know what's on my mind? Ask me, but you got to <laughs> ask me. And I'll tell you what's on my well, mind. Well, yeah, because you can't check up. your Facebook. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you won't find me on Facebook. Uh, Steve but anyway, is the hardest I, guest I mean, to book in the history of the uh, vodka. Hey, that's just, you know, that that's me. That's that's the way I think. That's the way I feel. I almost had to drive out uh, to your house on Mechanicsburg Road. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, that the address is not right. So, I don't live on Mechanicsburg Road. So we had, on, uh, we had here... Are they still a possibility without tax abatements? You don't think they're going to come and ask even per, for I, tax abatements? I personally, it, uh, I don't think they will. I'd about bet the farm they won't. Hmm. That's right. how strongly I feel. I haven't heard that that opinion yet. So. That's my opinion. All right. I'll, I'll you take reala- it for You realize that you're in a race, though, that one of your candidates has entirely been – this has been, the like, the number one issue for for at least for the rate – for the people running for county office this year. It's all about, a bit, about an issue that you're saying, you know, you don't think it's actually going to happen anyway. No. And you know what? It, uh, it don't matter. Uh, I mean, it's like this, Jeremiah. I believe being the bullseye of God's will. If his will is for me to get reelected, I'll be reelected. I don't care how many signs anybody puts up. I don't care what they say. If it's his will, it'll happen. And if it's not, I won't be the next councilman. Because my future doesn't hang on being a county councilman. But what is important that I be in the bullseye center of his will. And and that's the way I view this race, not what people say good about me or bad about me. You know, hey, I signed up to run again and uh, you do your part. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want the Lord's will more than I want the people's will. I think that's a very... Respectable answer so, for sure. Shifting back to the other side of the room, and Nate, and your comments <laughs> that you made on Wednesday, uh, you made it known on on the abatement issue that you no longer support 
wind uh, wind abatements. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, for as long <clears throat> as I've studied this issue, I've just come to the conclusion that the population density in Henry County is too high. And not only that, but just, uh, you know, I, I'm not tone deaf to constituents. Um, you know, just gauging the volume of emails that I've received, phone calls, letters, that type of thing. I mean, uh, that's that's why I've been against Calpine from the start, because it was so clear cut. Uh, you know, I've changed my views on the projects in the south, but um, it's a moot point now because their commission approved use has expired. And on county council, four of the seven of us have pledged to vote for no more abatements anyway. And the and the economic development corporation, Corey Murphy, has said that the county is no longer pursuing wind energy. That's correct. Um, I, I serve on the EDC executive committee by virtue of being county council president. Okay. And we um, we discussed that two years ago. It was at some point in 2016 when we had the EDC change from a proactive stance regarding wind farms to merely a reactive stance. So now Corey and his staff can just answer questions you know, of wind developers, but not go out and pursue them. Right. Like okay. they used to. So it's, it's essentially a dead issue here in Henry County. All right. Thanks for clearing, clarifying that with the, the proactive stance and the reactive stance. Do, do you think, Nate, they'll come before the council and ask for abatement? No, no. I, I think they see the writing on the wall and know that the public sentiment is there. And, you know, enough council members have publicly stated that they will vote for no more wind abatements. Uh, Clay Morgan, Robin Fleming, Harold Griffin, and myself. Yeah. So that that's a majority yeah. right there. So I don't yeah. think they will. No, well, no. and I think every every candidate in the first district that's on the ballot at this point. Uh, no, no. I guess I haven't talked to Pat Cronk, but no, everybody not. said no in that as well. So you're at five to mm-hmm. two at at yeah. most. No, no. I want to I want to go ahead and say this because I'm not no coward about it. Uh, say they come before us. Say they do, uh, and they ask for a tax abatement. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've listened to, you know, the talk and things about when I, t- I take this into consideration, and that's the farmers. Now, in, if everything's what I think it is, in all probability, I would vote for a tax abatement for them. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm more in that direction than anybody. Okay. Okay. And, and, I, and I rest my case on this. Uh, I'll be 58 years old. And, man, I'm old enough to remember living in the county all my life, farmers that have farmed through bad times, no rain. I mean, I'm talking tough times to have what they have. They paid high interest rates. Uh, I mean, they've sweat and labored back when the the old machinery wasn't what it is today to have what they've got. And our farmers are seven. They pay about approximately seventy-three percent of the taxes in Henry County. This is a farming community. And uh, what right do I have to tell the farmer what he can and cannot do with the land that he owns? That he's he's paid high interest and paid for and sweat and labored and poured his life into. I don't feel like I have any right to tell him what he can and cannot do with the land that he owns. That's the. That's the thousand pound gorilla is it's the, you know, are, are you prohibiting on that side versus the policy, the tax policy side? Um, all right. So let me ask this question okay. uh, of each of you. Um, it, and I guess it, we'll start with you, uh, Steve. 
would you tie your 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 abatement approval to a to a setback distance? Say the, the setback is needs to be fifteen hundred feet or two thousand feet in a, in an agreement. Is there a number that you're comfortable with, or that, is that tied into your view? That, that's not my job. That's the that's commissioner. Uh, that's that's the commissioner's job. They've right. already done that when they they've gone through every with step their, with their when they get, when they get to us. But I'm saying, I guess if somebody said. You know, I want an abatement, and the, it said it was four thousand feet, and you're like, "Yeah, okay, I'll grant an abatement at four thousand feet." But there, you wouldn't say no at two thousand feet at that point. You're, that, you're not. That's that, not. That's just not the process, right? Yeah, that, that that's already been signed and done. The only thing that they are coming to the council for is abatement and abatement only. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would be the. You almost play a back, backstop at that point. Uh, you know, if. If they got to that point and you're like, no, I'm going to protect the county and I'm going to say, I don't feel like the distance is enough, so I'm going to vote no. But if you came back and you had, you know, it was 3,000 feet or 4,000 feet, then then you think it would be acceptable. Uh, you're confusing me a little bit. I, I confuse myself sometimes, too. <laughs> okay. So you're saying, in my opinion, right. if my in my opinion, if the if the setback was a different number, whatever number pleased me, right. then I might vote for. Yeah, I guess I'm asking, is that in your against. filter, in your matrix of how no, I make a decision? No, 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 no. Okay, all right. No, it's not. If they, it, whatever company it is, okay, company A, company B comes before us. They've met all the requirements of the county. They've 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 passed. They've signed everything. They're coming there for an abatement. So other officials before me have said the planning commission has said, the commissioners have said that it's all right for them to do business in our county. And that's the that's the laws that we have in Henry County. So if they have if if they've done everything that they're supposed to do, then what my job to do is consider whether to give them a tax abatement or not. All right. And if, from the council seat, do you have any interest in, in being on the planning commission again, or you just want to be – you have different areas you want to serve? Uh, I haven't really thought about it. You know, I wanted to give it up, and I did, and Robin took it, and she served a year, and she's in her second year. Uh, it's been usually a job that nobody wants much. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of arrows in your way, yeah. don't you? It was kind of my turn. I was low on the totem pole, and it was my turn to take it, and so I took it. Okay. And I served on it a year. I did my time for for a year. <laughs> well, yeah, but if you're if you're there for more than eight years, I'll have everybody to do it does again. It a year. Yeah, you, I'll have to do it, it again. Comes your turn again. Yeah, doesn't it? right. I will have to do it again someday if right. I'm a, if I'm reelected. Yes, sir. All right, Nate. Nate? I guess we'll ask uh, your side on the on the planning commission. Have you served on the planning commission yet? No, no, I I haven't. Do you have any interest in, in doing that? In your, I'll be in honest your role? with you, I I don't. Because you, you've served as the president, I'd imagine that as the president you have different responsibilities or different different sides you get directed That's into. That's correct. Uh, some of which are out of county, like representing Henry County on regional planning organizations, such as the Eastern Indiana Regional Planning Commission. That's the Richmond Anchor Group. That's where the office is. And that's Randolph, Wayne, Union, Fayette, Rush, and now Henry Counties. Okay. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Learn something new every day. And that you learn things on Boss Hog Liberty every week. That's right. (laughs) Sometimes three times a week like last week. Yeah. All right. So another – I think we've covered wind as much as we can or as much as I can stand to cover wind at this point. So both of your guys' positions here are – just to clarify it is neither one of you think that this is an issue for the county council race. 
in this election because it's both of you guys and your opinions stated that you didn't think that they would even come to the council for an abatement. It's an issue because a lot of people out there are concerned, but the fact of the matter is it's it's currently dead. The commission right, approved right. uses have expired for both Nextera and Apex, and Calpine never has come to the table. Yeah, I guess I should have organized my speech a little bit better for that, but yeah. And, and both of us, I think Nate agree, we don't either one think they ever will. At this point, no. I don't think the public sentiment is too strongly against. <clears throat> All right. Well, there we, now now we are on to our next topic. That going down the list here is fiscal responsibility. You guys are both running on the Republican ticket, so uh, and uh, part of that cornerstone has always been uh, fiscally conservative, fiscally responsible uh, party platform. Uh, so what? And, and of course, the county council, like we've talked about a bunch of times, is the the financial arm of the county. Uh, so, what what areas uh, do you see in the county? Do you think that we could improve on? Do you think we could improve on, or do you think we're quite healthy now? I guess we'll start with you, Nate. Here's here's my concern: the Department of Local Government Finance every year is squeezing, in particular, the health department and park departments. Their budgets become smaller every year, not just in Henry County, but counties throughout Indiana. And I think part of that is they are trying to force counties to have higher user fees for things like a birth certificate, a death certificate, vaccinations, um, park shelter rental, things like that. And so I think that's why those two branches of government get picked on the most. And it's unfortunate because, because it can be Park. exploited more. Right. By, yeah. And I remember the last time that you came on the show, you talked about how you were very, very proud of what our health department's able to do mm-hmm. in the county with the the limited amount of resources that they have. That That's was correct. I I remember that because you were you were big on that. And I think and we hadn't heard that before. It's, mm-hmm. So it's kind of stuck in my brain. <laughs> Henry County has one of the largest county parks in the state as well. Yeah. Yes. So that exasperates uh, from my time in the park board. That that exasperates the issue in Henry County, uh, mm-hmm. having a 300 acre park with you know all of the amenities that are there and the buildings and the structures and the mowing and and the trees. Um, there's just an awful lot of costs and expenses that are there mm-hmm. uh, that really the the county the county has to cover costs that many other areas do not have. You know, Rush County doesn't have a county park. I don't think Delaware County has a county park. Um, all right. On the uh, on that topic, I guess we'll ask about the jail as well. That's been a major topic across uh, across all of our conversations here. Uh, and some of the council um, candidates have come out in favor of, of a, another LOIT uh, to pay for jail construction. Uh, we've seen estimates. We Greenfield, Hancock County is looking at a $55 million bond to pay for a jail. Uh, we've seen estimates where other counties have gotten them done for around $10 million. Um, I guess I, uh, from each of you, a position on where you think the jail is, what, what do you think the future is for it, uh, and what's the path forward? We'll start with you, Steve. Well, it's, it's, it's very obvious that we're going to have to build a jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, our jail has just about outlived its, its usefulness. It's old, and uh, I don't know exactly how many years that, uh, that we've had it. Do you, Nate? Uh, I would estimate that the current jail was built around 1980. Okay. And I say that because I remember as a kid up Blue River driving past the old jail. Mm -hmm. 
and then we moved to Hagerstown, and then we didn't come to Newcastle as frequently then. But then I remember seeing the old jail torn down and the new jail built. So yeah. I would say about 1980. Well, you know, I I had to go over uh, with Sheriff McCorkle, Jay Davis, uh, Butch Baker, thank Kim Cronk, uh, to federal court. You know, our county is being sued. And uh, it's over the jail. And so how many more lawsuits may be out there looming? And, and, you know, we can spend the money in lawsuits. We can build a jail. Uh, but I think we all agree. I think everybody knows that we're eventually we're going to have to build a jail. And, uh, you know, there are studies being done and, and the county seeking direction on what our needs are, our, our assessment. And um, and then when we when we find out, you know, what's recommended for us, then we'll be looking at uh, – what the price tag is going to be. Do you yeah. have – knowing that there's a jail coming some way, one way or another, do you have a, a solution to pay for it yet in your mind, a, a process you want to go down, whether it's the LOIT or if it's the public safety LOIT or the, the new jail LOIT that the, the state allowed or using, you know, once the Justice Department, the Justice Center is paid for? Bottom line, Jeremiah, they can say they heard it here. They can, they can say they hear it on <laughs> Boss Hog. Uh where am I at now? The boss are Liberty. Okay, okay, okay. Remember, I I'm not on Facebook now. Okay, yeah. so they they can say, Dakota, they heard it here first. Heard it here first. Taxpayers, on the boss you're going to have to pay for it, whether whether it whether it is a low it or whether it is. And I and I'm kind of hearing this. I'm hearing that it may be through because of the way state is working on changing some things right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm hearing a little bit that it's in the works where it may be another little tax that comes out of your paycheck. Yeah, it's it's uh, what House Bill twelve twelve sixty three, I yeah. think, uh, uh, point one or two point two percent. Point two percent. Yeah, yeah. Zero point two percent. Yeah, zero point two percent or zero point one percent. So, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of money, does it? And especially if you say it fast. But, right, yeah. I, and, it, and you have to think about it. Zero, a point, a point. What now, Dakota? A yeah, point, point one. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems it, like it's such just a like small nothing. Number. Yeah. So, but the taxpayers in Henry County are going to have to pay for but it. The thing like, is, the public, is that the public we had, safety, what we just passed two years ago, was point oh five, right? So this would be another fifty percent of that, roughly, or twenty forty percent of that. Point oh two is another forty percent tax. Uh, compared to what you did for low, uh, the last low tax, and, but, and, and you know that tax there. It, it, and it was a tax that I was against all along, up front. No, I'm against it, against it, against it. Well, years go by, and I finally, you know, I, I see the need. I see that there's been so much that the state has cut us on that uh, we got to have it. Well, the we, thing is, is that there's the – uh, Okay, so it. there's all the different uh, – you know, like we talked about, it, it's such a minute number is what we think, right? But you add it to every – Every other thing that we pay for that comes out of our paycheck, and then after we get our paycheck, whenever we go and buy things or we go to the he the county health offices, we get taxed on that. So we're taxed on the money we're already taxed at. At some point, there's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And it, if we just keep adding things on and we want to see Henry County be a prosperous community, how can people be prosperous if they don't have any of their money from their paycheck? i got an answer you know? for you. I got an answer for you. Nate, you've been real good at bringing this up in the past. 
Mm-hmm. Living in Henry County is one of the cheapest counties to live mm-hmm. in in the state of Indiana. Oh, yeah, totally. That's why I oh. love it here. Well, <laughs> And that can be a major selling point for us sure. in attracting Sure, and if you live in certain here. townships within Henry County, you even have a lesser tax mm-hmm. uh, rate than other townships in the county. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, when we're setting... Uh, in front of the TV, watching people cry in California about the high taxes, we can say we've we've got it good, and we have services that we have to provide for the people. Now, getting back to your your question, there we're seeing less and less. Well, I go a step further than that, Dakota. I think about this. Uh, now, if you live in the city of Newcastle, which is in Henry County, you're you're getting. Uh, uh, a rate hike on your mm-hmm. water, a rate hike <coughs> on your yeah. sewer. Yeah. You're getting Thanks. a rate hike on your ta- on your on your uh, trash. Yeah, I'm blaming things, Aaron Dickens for that. Th- <laughs> I, you, we are in the city of Newcastle, aren't we? <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, right here. So, so it's costing those people more. And as and as councilman, you know, we have to consider that a, as well. But yet, at the same time, you look at the overall picture. Yes, we pay our share of taxes, and mm-hmm. I don't like taxes any more than you do. But there are some things that that you know that we just have to have as a county, and everybody has to pay their part. And um, I'll let Nate say something. All right, so Nate, <laughs> your take on the jail issue, a, a potential tax increase uh, for on the lowest side, or what's your what's your thought for a path forward? We still need to see the final study uh, to be released by the Criminal Justice Coordinating Committee. Okay, that's the study in which uh, they hired a national consultant to do a proper evaluation of Henry County's future jail needs. In, I want to say, 2013, um, a county commissioner, the sheriff, the sheriff's major, and a county councilman traveled to Colorado to a national jail conference, and they learned there the right way and the wrong way to go about jails. Now, we don't have to look far to find the wrong way. Our neighbor to the north, Delaware County, their current jail was obsolete the day it opened in 1991, 1992, thereabouts, Steve. I think so. Because of that, Delaware County lost a federal lawsuit that a some inmates had filed. And that's part of the reason why Delaware County had, I believe, the second highest property taxes in the state of Indiana for a number of years. We don't want to make the same mistakes. We don't want to build an obsolete jail. And so that's why we need to get it right. Yeah, that's okay. So I think that um, whenever Butch Baker came on and he talked about whenever the jail was built in the 80s, and he said that even then, whenever it was very first built, it was an outdated architectural style. He said it was the last linear jail right. ever built rather than the new pod so, system. So we don't want to make that mistake again, right. but, you know, avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. So it, it's gonna, it takes a lot of research, but, uh, we, I mean, it, it seems like since I've been start paying attention to local politics, it's been a problem. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, your entire adult life, or your entire yeah. life, <laughs> which is, uh, I mean, yeah, which has been for what six years. So, yeah. The um, so, would you be in favor, or do you want, what, knowing that there's going to have to be some sort of a jail project, funding it? I've heard people say, hey, once we finish paying for the justice building, 
the bonds are going to end on that, and we can take that money and shift it onto a jail. We've also had candidates come on and say, hey, we want to do a low it, and they support that. Where are you right now on that on that issue? It could on take the funding a, side. It could take a combination of the two. But, you know, back to the issue that we discussed earlier regarding user fees, uh, maybe it's time to boost uh, some user fees that are charged on jail inmates. I hate to say it, but, uh, yeah, maybe that's what it's got to take. So what what do you mean whenever it's charged on jail inmates? I I don't know the exact terminology for it, but uh, the sheriff explained it to me one time. So we do have, like, we have a probation system where you you get released, but the monitoring itself is four or five hundred. I feel like the Mm -hmm. monitoring cost that these guys have to pay ends up costing us more than if we let the – we end up housing them at a higher cost than what we're trying to get for, for letting them out or, or trying to reduce population through that. It almost seems to me like a system that, you know. Yeah, yeah but you don't, you, you, you don't understand that. Probably okay. not. No. Okay. So, um, like, uh, they are, the people that monitor them are considered county employees, but are paid by the state of Indiana. And the monitoring fee is paid by those people that are in the uh, gosh, my mind just went blank. Community corrections. Community corrections. Community corrections. I'm, I'm on the yes. community correction board. Okay. Okay. And and granted, there's some that cannot pay that, but they still have to wear it, so they end up owing the money. But that money comes from the state of Indiana. It's not coming or being paid out of the budget of Henry County. So okay. adjusting those fees wouldn't help Henry County's bottom not a, line. Not a not a dollar. But not not it, on those. I guess in my view, anybody anybody you can shift into that program is one less headcount head in the jail. Right. Which then, you know, whether it's the state or it just encouraging that or trying – I guess you don't have any influence over the fee structure because that's that's set by the state. Is that is that the case? Um, you know, as as it's it's been a while. Uh, it's been I, – I don't know as sitting on the board, and I've sat on there for quite a while, that I can't recall any meeting that we're – where we have – have changed those fees, but those fees would be, you know, up to the board probably. But we have a cost that that it it costs this much money, right? And there's a there's a little bit of room there. I think it's not much that community corrections does make on that. But when an inmate loses one or one that's in the community correction program, we have to pay for it. But okay. again, it is you know we we have grants, we have state funded money. Uh, all the, all of the the employees, even though they are, I'm going to emphasize this: they are called Henry County employees. They're not paid from Henry County; they're paid through state dollars. Interesting. Um, okay. Well, the uh, I guess the next issue past the jail that we wanted to talk about was on on the public safety side is low it, um, and you, that low it tax has been in place I guess two years, three mm-hmm. years now, um, and you you each voted for it, uh, Councilman. Uh, uh, Morgan has said he wants a, a, a low it plan. Uh, so he's had some hesitancy in, in, in spending low it money. Uh, there was a major presentation that came before the, uh, the council uh, at the last meeting where Stony Creek Township, our far northeastern township, had about a half million dollar project that was funded from a federal grant. And they needed about $59,000, $60,000 in, in matching funds to make that happen. So they applied for low-up money. Uh, Steve, you voted against that, and Nate, you did. You voted in favor. And I guess if you guys will share your views on on low-up in general, and then this specific vote in this application, we'll start with you, Nate. 
Sure. Uh, the public safety law, the intention of it, um, a lot of people mistakenly think that it's just to help fund the sheriff's department, but it's more than that. It's to fund every aspect of public safety, be it volunteer fire departments, the Henry County Emergency Management Agency, um, the Newcastle City Police Department, the police departments in places like Knightstown, Middletown. I mean, the public safety law is more than just the sheriff's department. And unfortunately, the state legislature, when they wrote the public safety law bill, they made it where only a county as a whole and then municipalities in that county could collect the public safety law money. They made the mistake of leaving out the townships. Well, representing the most rural county council districts of all, I've got to look out for the rural volunteer fire departments who aren't funded by the entire townships that they serve. Instead, they're funded by, in many cases, just the tiny municipality in them. Do you think maybe, example, they, do you think maybe they forgot the townships because the governor meant to eliminate them and he never got around to it? <laughs> could, could be. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. There, there could be something to that. I, I don't know. But um, that has got to be corrected at the state level to make the process easier. If that process were correct at the state level, then counties would not have to grant public safety low-up funds to volunteer fire departments. It could be handled by each of their township trustees and township advisory boards. So and rightfully, that's how it should be. So the Stony Creek uh, Fire Department and the trustee came to the council. Uh, you represent them, and you advocated for, I guess you were on the committee, the, the committee that looked at the issue? Yes, uh, the and, ad hoc committee to study the Stony Creek Township um, volunteer fire department's request, as well as other fire volunteer fire department requests. That's myself, Dick Bouslog, and Robin Fleming. All right, and you, you supported that? Yes, yes, I did, uh, because that is probably the most remote township in Henry County, and by remote, I mean... It takes longer to get there than it does to any other part of the county. There's really no as-the-crow-flies route from, say, Newcastle to Bluntsville. Okay. All right. And, Steve, on I guess on Lowett in general and the way you think Lowett funds should be spent and then subsequently this vote that we had last week on, on Stony Creek. Well, Lowett in general, as I said earlier in the, in the show, is that uh, – Originally, I was against it. Then, as I see the state continue to cut, I saw the need. Um, you know, I've been a big, big advocate of the sheriffs having cars to drive. And um, by passing Lowett, they now get four new cars every year. Uh, there's there's other things that are, I, I mean, we, we, we have to equip our deputies to go out and serve our county. And, uh, you know, they they just they've got to have money to be able to do that. And so I'm, I'm for the low it voted for the low it. And um, and uh, as Nate said, when we originally passed low it, we we did say this and nothing was written down. But we said that we want to keep a portion of this low it money for other needs in the county that are that fall in that safety, mm. you know, uh, category such as fire departments. We knew that there was a possibility that there was going to be some come up. Now, moving on to, uh, you know, when, uh, let me say, Mount Summit needed a truck. Uh, Actually, 
actually it seemed like in that council meeting that they weren't going to get it. And I was the one that kind of took the microphone and I felt it's something that we should do. And the council agreed and Mm -hmm. and we we voted to buy that. Then why do I turn around and vote against? (laughs) Obviously, like Mount Summit more than Bluntsville. Yeah, I I like Mount Summit better. They're closer to me. I go there and buy a (laughs) By my pop, uh, no, pop the thing that my, my soda pop yeah. Yeah, of, a, of a day, the thing that bothered me was I think it was about $600,000. I felt like they were being ripped off. Three men came up after the meeting. I thought, oh, gosh, here I voted against it. Here we go. They come up and said, Mr. Duggar, we want to shake your hand. I was shocked. The, th- the three guys and I uh, said, okay. They said, we appreciate your honesty. And I said, okay. I mean, I'm still, okay. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, they said, no. Said, we, we, we feel like that we're being taken to the cleaners on this project. Because uh, I, I referred to it in the meeting of the, as a Taj Mahal. And uh, it's $167 a square foot. I mean, wow. yeah. I, I mean, guys... You could go out here and, and get De Brule and Caddis to build that building and put a cement floor in it and you're, and for you're what talking, we gave them. Now, yeah, now I'm not saying finishing it, finish so. it on the inside, not, yeah. not, not wiring and not that. Mm-hmm. But you could get that building built, that concrete put in there for what we gave them. Yeah. And that, that's, that's why – I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I had this reverse psychology. I thought, well, you know, if the council will say no to this, I'll guarantee you, I guarantee you that company would drop 50000 to get that job. Would you, would you lose five, $500,000 over fifty when you've got it padded to the moon? I don't know the specifics of yeah. it. If it was, did they have to have some matching funds of some sort or was yes. it a requirement the, of having... Uh, you know, was it a five? They have a five hundred thousand dollar grant, and that was in. If they got under five hundred, they'd be fine. Well, it was a uh, Oakhurst grant, the Office of Community and Rural Affairs, and I believe their local match had to be ten percent. Does that sound right, Steve? Uh, well, that's where our money come in fifty eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so that was the matching money on, on it. So, um, you know, or, is, correction. Um, the state, the Ochre grant, I believe, was 85%. They raised about 5% from both Henry and Delaware County entities. Because, see, the service territory of the Bluntsville Stony Creek Township Volunteer Fire Department, it's more than just Stony Creek. They have about half of Perry Township in southeastern Delaware County. So they had raised money both places. So they raised about 5%, but they came to us for the final 10%. Okay. But, yeah, but, I, but I think that was how it, it was. It was my theory. And, the, and, you, you know, and then they came the meeting before, and uh, they, they cut back their concrete out front. They, I mean, they're all, already getting 500, half a million dollars. Let's just call it half a million. All right. They're already getting that. But they had to shorten where they're going to park their trucks. Like, what was it, 20 feet? or something like that. I don't remember the exact figure, but something like that. And those guys that came up to me afterwards uh, at the last council meeting said they even wanted us to shorten the building 10 feet. Uh, 
I mean, they're just they're, they're cutting. I mean, it's just a it's a pole barn with a with a with a little bathroom and Taj Mahal. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I, I I voted against it. I, it's not that I was against firemen. I said then my son is a fireman for in in Muncie. I've served on the volunteer fire department uh, myself, but that uh, you know, and I wasn't opposed to the council giving him the money, but I felt like well, you know. If we're going to give them money, let's give them the fifty-eight thousand. Put up the building, have fundraiser, help them out, and do it. Do it that way. Okay. All, All right. right. So let's uh, let's move on to our next topic here, which is uh, transparency in our local government and how, because that's been a big issue with uh, talking to candidates. Everybody wants to, or the primary candidates and challengers, uh, uh, wanting to increase the transparency of of Henry County government. So we we already talked about how in the paper you. You had uh, your emails published and mm-hmm. as half-page ads. Um, we already talked about that whenever we talked about wind farms. But uh, how do you think uh, we could help to implement more transparency in local government? But whether that be uh, trying to uh, trying to make that that uh, the courthouse uh, more AV equipment friendly, mm-hmm. uh, putting uh, more. I don't know. We're, we were just talking about the city council might, is looking at a. Doing things for live streaming their meetings. Would I mean? What do you think about that? Granted, Newcastle is a lot smaller than Muncie and Richmond, but I know that Muncie and Richmond's cable TV providers have a public access channel or a mm-hmm. local access channel. I believe it's called, and they broadcast. Um, I know Richmond for a fact broadcasts Wayne County Commissioners meetings, Wayne County Council meetings, and Richmond City Council meetings. I know in Muncie, the Muncie City Council meetings are broadcast. I'm not sure if the Delaware County Commissioners and Delaware County Council meetings are broadcast or not, but I know Muncie City Council is. And it would be nice if um, we live out in the country. We don't have cable or satellite, so I'm not really that familiar with the cable TV operators here in Newcastle. But it would be nice if one could have a – offer a local access channel. Well, maybe that could be yes one day, Jerry. Well, we don't have a, we don't have a local... Uh, the municipalities or the counties actually collect... There's taxes for everything. There's, there is usually a, uh, a local tax that goes to the local governments that typically can pay for that uh, that's on the municipal cable agreements. Uh, in a community. Mm-hmm. I know Bloomington has that. I was talking to one of their city... city More taxes. Officials. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but it, it, honestly, I think... You know, from from two guys that have a podcast and in a studio, um, you know, we've got a three hundred dollar camera and a tripod and and a few hundred dollars worth of audio equipment, and we're able to put out an HD video every week. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think you guys probably do have an opportunity uh, to do something like that, and I think the city the city is looking at going down that line as well. Sure. Uh, how about times meeting times? Yep, uh, we know. Seems like every year. Clay Morgan brings up moving the meeting time back because uh, mm-hmm. uh, the current one three thirty or whatever is it's 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 difficult for anybody right. to get to. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I work in Newcastle mm-hmm. and I get off work at three and I'm still rushing if I want to record the meeting. Same you know? here. Yeah, I I can't get off work till three. You know, so I have yeah. to rush to the council meetings. It's, and... it's difficult. Do you mm-hmm. do either one of you guys uh, support moving that back or maybe if we moved it back? I know there's a, there's other meetings that happen that day. Um, what what about moving it to a separate day to help accommodate that? I, I've steadily pushed the meeting time back. When I was first elected to county council, they met at 2. Oh, my then God. I didn't we got know that. A, then we got it pushed to 2.30, then to 3.30. But it seems like 
the majority of the council doesn't want to move it later than 3.30. But I mean, you're right. I mean, it would be helpful to the majority of people who work, you know, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. if the meetings were later. Yeah. I mean, I just if I ever decided to run for county council mm-hmm. and I left my day job as a, a, a maintenance mechanic mm-hmm. and I would have to if I was elected, I would have to rush <laughs> to the courthouse covered in oil and grease and work clothing and and sit through through there like that. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's necessarily a uh, a good thing to constituents and I also don't think it's a good thing to regular people who want to run for the council either. You know, I I I just don't see the the benefits to it. Steve, what do you think on transparent on the transparency side? I think what we ought to do <clears throat> is not put it on TV or a channel because People will forget what channel it's on. They'll forget what time it is. But we ought to get a one-call system like churches and schools do. Now, I'm saying this in jest. Okay. You're looking at me really, really, really <laughs> serious. I'm trying to figure out. I don't spend as much time in churches as you do, Steve. I'm not a pastor, so I don't know what a one-call system is. Okay. You ought, to, I, I still get you, ought, you ought to try it. It'll help. Is it okay. a phone tree? No, church. It'll help you. Make you a better Make you, take a good a good man and make him a better man. Okay, all right. Uh, schools they have a one call system. They can call yeah. all the parents at, at one time. Oh, okay. Same right. message at church. We say we do the one call system, and all you got to do is, is record your recording. And I think we ought to put everybody in Henry County on a one call system and say the the county council meeting is the, this Thursday at three thirty. And then everybody will get it. And see if you don't answer your phone, it'll keep calling you back until you do answer your phone. And and then what we could do is we uh, it just takes that one recording and you can schedule it, say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and schedule it every day. And that way, nobody in Henry County can say, "Well, I didn't get a call. I didn't see it in the paper." I didn't know that they did this. I didn't know when it was. So my my answer to the best solution that I can come up with is a one-call system. Put everybody's phone number in Henry County on there, and they know if they change their phone or lose their phone, if they won't back on that, then, then they're going to have to call up there and so, say, hey. So Butch Baker actually brought, <laughs> brought, up, he brought up the Nexel system that we have now, and he's uh, been kind of putting out uh, notes from, from meetings on there uh, you, if you sign up and you I know I signed up, but I can't remember the number that I texted to sign up. So <laughs> we can go back but, in the notes. Yeah, and find I'd have it. to go back through. So <laughs> yeah, are, are they, you, you know, I'm not real serious about that. It's just <laughs> that we have so many people complain about. I, I didn't they know. I didn't, didn't see it. No, we had the meeting. They didn't know where it was. They didn't know where it was at. They didn't know what day it was. Just put them all on a one call system. So. Do you do you support the three thirty time for meetings on on Wednesdays once a month, or do you think do you think there's a better solution for that? I I'm retired. It don't matter to me. It, it, you you any whenever and and if you've ever seen me in a council meeting when they bring up the dates on anything, I don't care. Said it. I, I never say. I always say yeah, I, that's okay. I'm pretty sure I remember you saying that exact same thing whenever Clay I don't care brought when it up you. this year. I don't care what time you make it. I don't care. <laughs> I won't. I won't come on Sunday. But yeah. so you got six days to set it in. Set it anytime you want. I'll be there. All right. And then as far matter. as as far as video or audio or different 
a way so that we don't have to have 20,000 people in a room that can hold 300 people? I, I think your video things are, good, are very good things, Jeremiah. And I think Muncie does that where they, you know, have their uh, their meetings on television. I think that's a good thing. You know, um, I, I, I do. I think what you guys are doing here tonight is a very, very good thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, it's great. It's great. And, uh, and and it can keep people informed. And, and I said that in jest because we've heard so much complaints about people saying, well, they didn't know, they didn't know, they didn't know. Um, you know, uh, if you want to find out something, you can find it out. I've got this phone. I got this phone a couple months ago. It's really neat. I, I, I My other one tore up. And I could just squeeze it at the bottom, just just kind of like this, you know. And I could say, "What time is it?" Yeah, and it tells me the same one I have. Say, just squeeze it the what's sides. A, what's the temperature? <laughs> it tells me. Henry County website. It pull it right up there, and then I can look and see what time a council meeting is, commissioners' meeting is, anything like that. I might. I know everybody don't have a phone like that, but they can find out if they want to know. If you want to be informed, you can. You be can be. This is an information <clears throat> age, isn't it? Yeah, it's the the golden age of information. Sometimes we have too much information. That's so, a different topic, though. There's also been criticism <laughs> of of emails and using you know not using county emails for for county business. Um, when I was on the when I was president of the park board, I had my personal email, uh, and I probably would have preferred to have had a county email so that all mm-hmm. my park board business would have been related there. Um, I guess would you be in favor of issuing everybody that's on a board or vault? You know, it has some sort of a capacity with the county government using that for county work and everything going through those county county methods. I'm. I'll be honest with you. I'm not knowledgeable enough to answer that question. Uh, you know, I, I'd guess that Jay Jackson or someone like that, you know, who works on computers for the county, could let you know. You know, if every appointee to this or that board or commission could have a county email address. I mean, I'll admit, county council, we didn't get a county email address until it was sometime in 2016, correct? It's only been a couple of years. Mine's never been set up to this day, Nate. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I I mean, they say I have one and I've asked about it and it's it's never been set up. And see, mine, mine doesn't work overseas. I've tried to log on overseas. It must be a firewall or something. I can get it when I'm in country. No that problem. That makes sense. But, yeah. yeah. I never even uh, thought about that. That, that, mm-hmm. that does make sense now you brought it up. So with the with the, the Libertarian Party of Indiana, I'm a, I'm a county chairman, and they recently set this all up through um, parent email addresses for the state, and each county um, – now has a, now has an email address and it's just they use the parent email address for the state and then it just added different different names to it and it so mine is henry at lpin.org okay so it, it's, it's a pretty simple system that mm-hmm. i mean you could set it up but then you brought up the the security features that are that's on yours currently and that brings up other other requirements that i'm sure you have to have for government emails mm-hmm. that i hadn't thought about so, right. All right. So the uh, couple, just a couple more topics we wanted to talk about. Uh, county roads. Everybody, I, I assume that uh, you each have had, you had your ears full of county roads, and I've got potholes. And yep. Steve, uh, your road looks great, but mine looks like crap. So what are you going to do about my, my county road? What's your What's your policy on county roads, and what What's your involvement and your view on what the council's role is? Okay. 
Uh, I love it. I, 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 I love a question like this. I really do. It's open-ended. And, and well, well, here's the thing. Now, I, and, and I hope you, you'll give Nate this. And, and, and like I say before, Nate and I, we don't see things the same. And uh, I'm like this. Man, you and I can have it out. And when it's over with, let's go to lunch together. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Uh, there is not <clears throat> one more dollar that we can give to the county roads in Henry County. Not, I mean, these people that say, we're going to f- solve the drug problem. We're going to fix the roads. We're going to do all this, you know, to make people think that they're going to, they're just going to fix all these things. And, and I'm sitting here, huh, there's no way. <laughs> You're not going to fix the roads. But here's the thing. We, we were able to apply. And this is a process. Joe Wiley is our road superintendent. Joe Wiley had been keeping track of all the roads, and and and, and it was a long, a long. I'm the liaison to the Henry County Highway Department from the council. So Joe had all this. Any road commissioner had to have that to even be able to qualify for this money that the state offered the million dollars. And uh, Joe had that. He, he had everything, and uh, so. Uh, it took an increase in wheel tax to be able to get that. But we get an extra million dollars from the state of Indiana every year. Now, we have just, you know, the, this the is community new, crossings grant. This is this is a new thing. So each year we're seeing more roads paved, uh, more roads chipped and sealed. And we're going to continue to see that as long as they keep sending that that money. And. uh then we received some money from the state uh, last year, Nate. It, it was just kind of a surprise. It was uh, money that was that came back to us. Two hundred thirty-five thousand. And was we, that it? Yeah, something okay. like that. And we gave every dollar of that to the county highway mm-hmm. department. And we could have taken some of it, put it in rainy day fund. But we gave every dollar of that to the county highway right. to show that that's how we cared about the roads in Henry County. So. You have the highway department's uh, uh, budget that they live within. They have so much money that they can spend on roads. And, uh, you know, there there's not that I can see, and, and Nate may see something that I don't, but I can't see one dollar more that we can give. Now, the commissioner's in charge of the road, not the council, and they're, in, they're over the highway department. We're the financial arm, but we approve the commissioner's budget, and we approve the highway department's budget, and we have done everything within the county council's power to give the highway department what we can give them and what they have to go out and work on the roads and do the best they can. What they need is time now. They they have so many months in a year that they can work on the roads, and that's it. And so many dollars to spend, and that's it. And each year we're going to see an improvement, as we already have. But it, was, it, it wasn't there for so long. But now we have taken that step that was available for us. And so we're going to see improvement. But with right now, it's set at like 600. We used to say 702 miles, but it's surged. 802. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually was it was it 802 802 um henry county of indiana's 92 counties 
we have the most county maintained road mileage of any county. Okay. So it, it was so actually we have the biggest county park and the most road miles. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, at, uh, yeah, we've got a problem. Have you been downtown Indy lately? I have. You talk about a pothole nightmare. Their, their, uh, potholes are not a, uh, are not a unique condition to Henry County, Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's so, got them. Uh, but although that we have some real doozies. Yeah. But, yeah, but do. you know, I look at this, we can't micromanage, uh, our highway department. And, the, you know, the commissioners work closely with the highway department and they go out and they have a list of roads top, you know, this road's top priority. And Joe's came before us a number of times and said, you know, after a winter, we look at it and we may have to change this road and move it up the list so because Nate, it got how you, worse. How do you think that we should uh, decide which roads take priority over top of others? Is it based on population density, mm-hmm. how bad they are, their usage what do, you, what do you think about that? One thing I learned um, when Henry County was a member of the former Eastern Indiana Development District, which eventually morphed into the Eastern Indiana Regional Planning Commission, was traffic studies are necessary. You know, whenever you see the uh, black yeah, the black hose across the road, you it's know, that's a, a sign traffic of the traffic, yeah, the traffic counts done. I think that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, that would help us prioritize. But, you know, that being said, Joe Wiley and his crew have really done an amazing job with what they have. Yeah. You know, he went through some really lean years there at the highway department. But now, thankfully, thankful to the community crossings grant process that Steve told about from the state, that has really helped us out. Good. Well, it's allowed us to, I think, I think, Nate, um, Two million six hundred and some thousand dollars a year now mm-hmm. that we can put into the into the roads, and that money has to be spent on roads. So is that something that that's new, or has it has it been around for a long time that we're just now getting? It's new. This it was passed last year in the yeah, out of the general assembly. Correct. So it, okay. it's just now. I think you're just now getting ready to move into the first fiscal year with it, right? And in it January, benefits, July. Uh, it benefits counties under fifty thousand population. Okay. At a greater okay. proportion than counties over fifty thousand, you get an extra twenty five percent match, basically. Or yes. you, you, they give you a hundred, and you have to put in seventy five to match it. Yeah. Whereas it's a one to one match if you're over fifty thousand population. You guys screw up and grow, grow this county. We're going to lose money. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, a couple more things, I guess, I want to talk about land use. We we we've, we we didn't have it in the show notes, but I want to ask you guys about. Uh, uh, land use. We've seen, you know, the EDC, and and there was a very controversial issue that came across the Planning Commission and the uh, the County Commissioners' uh, development on County Road 300 South, moving from rural residential to um, um, to light industrial. And I, it's just kind of open floor question. I know it's not necessarily a county issue or something that you're going to have to act on, and that the commissioners have already made their cha- uh, made their decision. But I, I wanted to give you the opportunity, since it's you have a soapbox as a county council person and elected official. Do you have an opinion on on redevelopment and and if that's potentially the right path forward for that for that area? I'll be honest with you, I have not studied that issue in depth and detail as well as I should have. I've been you know so wrapped up with the campaign lately, but I I will say the current Henry County Industrial Park is out of space. I mean, what little acreage is left there is not big enough to build anything on. Major, you know, that's why now the development has moved south of 400 South. 
such as Boar's Head, and then the new Dutch company that's uh, coming in. Micronutrients. Micronutrients. That's correct. All right. Steve? I know Trent Dishman. I like Trent Trent Dishman. Uh, He's one of the partners in that parcel. Yes. And and uh, when I say I know him, I haven't known Trent a long time. Uh, but but I know Trent. And from now and then, now, now and then, uh, we have we have uh, we run into each other or have a conversation on the phone, and uh, uh, it came up here a month ago or sometime. It was before the commissioners voted, and uh, I said, "Hey, I seen your name in the paper or seen something." He said, "Yeah, yeah." I said, "What are you doing, man?" And he said, "He said, well, he said I'm, a, I'm a, he said Mr. Duggar, he said I'm gonna be honest with you. He said we have not talked to anybody." That is interested in this land. But he said, you know, I got to thinking, he said, you know, I farm and and we do what we do. And he said, I would like I, I just thinking one day that, you know, I, I'd like to be remembered for something. And he said, wouldn't it be neat? He said, if maybe some factory came or some place came that could employ a lot of people and provide families with a good income. He said again, and he emphasized this several times. He said, we don't have anybody in mind. He said, but we're thinking, here's this land. We can farm it and grow beans and corn on it, but it could be used for the possibility of maybe growing Henry County, maybe bringing jobs to Henry County. He said, that is the only thing that I had in mind. And I don't think Trent would make that up and just, you know, uh, and have some ulterior motive or anything. Uh, he was sincere and... Uh, so well, I, mean, I, if, I don't see if we grow the population too much, we're going to miss out on that road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. Well, well the thing with We've the thing sure we the do, Dakota, population doesn't. Is, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, is we'll we'll have to tell them that if they get hired here, they have to live in another county. Yeah, that's, that's what we'll a do. solution. That I think. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. We've got uh, I guess one more thing we talked about, Steve, earlier on the phone. I did make the show notes. Um, you, you've got a. a You've been serving or involved in the – the county doesn't have a sewer system. Right. But we have some houses in the county that are tied into Newcastle sewers. Why the states? states. Uh, so there's going to be a hearing coming up next week, I guess, for white estates, and then there's a LOAP meeting as well that's coming. That's one uh, week from today. One week from today, the, the 10th. LOAP meeting uh, with the council and the commissioners will be at 6 p.m., and then the joint meeting between city council and county council and county commissioners will be at 7 p.m. And the joint meeting is specifically to go over the White's estate sewage issue. So uh, I guess can you give us a preview of each of those and what you're thinking is going to come out of those meetings? Uh, well, Or what you've been briefed on or what you're expecting? Yeah, basically the public safety LOA meeting, we want to kind of project into the future to make sure we're still, you know, holding back a portion of that for like a public safety low rainy day fund, as it were. And, you know, just projecting into anticipated revenues for 2019. Okay. And then the future of my uh, my plumbing, Steve, what's what's happening with White Estates? <laughs> well, you're, it's going to cost you more money, Jeremiah. Shockingly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're going to get a good deal out of this, though. Please, no. please tell me more. <laughs> You're going to get a like big a bang snake oil salesman. Do, do, you live, do you live in White Estates? I do. I live on Jeffrey right. Street. There's like 220, I think, some houses, I believe. And, yes, I was in the meeting. Uh, a lot of people were uh, were there at that meeting, and it was kind of a last-moment thing, I guess, that uh, I was called and asked to 
is there any way I can attend it? Uh, I said, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll. Went in with work clothes, dirty, but you know what? Yeah, I went. Uh, obviously, there's a big problem out there in wider states. Uh, the sewer systems broke down. Uh, it's just, it's just not working now. I don't mean to jump around, but there are some people in wider states that are still on septic and not hooked to that probably have a perfectly good working system, but it's going to take everybody hooking on to this system. And I think, and and here's the good news, uh, you know, they're they're going to put a new grinder pump in everybody's yard, and they're going to furnish the pump, and you're not going to have to pay for that. What you are going to have to pay for, I don't know if I'm supposed to, I, I don't know if all this has came out or not. I, I don't know. I'm just telling you the outcome of the meeting is that uh, the homeowner will be responsible hooking to the to the grinder pit. And uh, I think the increase is going to be about $32 or something like that. What's your sewage bill now? Uh, well, I filled my pool this month, so it's not going to be very nice next month. But uh, this week, I think it was about $52, $53, somewhere in there, something. for two units. For two units. The water's cheap. The sewage so is you're expensive now. 80% increase or whatever. Yeah, it's going to yeah, it'll be add, it's gonna add it, 60 or 70%. I, I think... I think that's in a low month. When I, have, when I have a big month, it'll be worse. Don't don't hold me to it, but I believe the increase is going to be about uh, about thirty some dollars. Of course, you know the county is uh, responsible for this, and we've had, uh, you know, if I haven't been working on it, but a lot of people have, and it's a uh, it's a problem that's got to be fixed. And so, the people that are there, you. Uh, are going to have to help pay for that project. Jeremiah, and it's you're over, going get, get out your checkbook. You got it's over a couple million dollar project to pay for. Well, you bring That's these right. you bring these county councilmen in here. You just learned tonight. You're just going to be spending money on a jail. You're going to be spending money on uh, sewer roads. Uh, what else? Uh, well, our congressman was in town. I'm sure I bought some bombs this week too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, final final topic we have on the on the programming is is white estate or not white estates is the Delvoy Memorial Park. There's a statue out there yep. that has become the political football of the millennium. Um, there was a group of people, and we've told the story a number of times on here, that uh, that came to the Memorial Park Board, said, hey, we want to restore the Doughboy, and they wanted to relocate it as part of their plan. Park Board approved it. After that, there's been this big controversy that's come along, and now there are people that are advocating for a second Doughboy. So the question we're asking, I guess, Dakota, is yep. would the okay, council so pay the... for a second Doughboy? Yeah, well, so we we did some research a, a while back, and we found out it would cost about twenty to thirty thousand dollars to allocate funds for a second doughboy to to buy a second Vinisky doughboy and put him in the park. Um, as the financial wing of the county, if someone if some, the park board came to you and asked for that, it would it would fall in your in your lap. Would you would you support that? I'm an Army veteran, but I would defer to the park board's judgment on that. And so if they if they said, we need this here? Because I, I, I would imagine that if they did come to you and ask for that, it would be because they had voted that they needed a new one. That sounds to me more like a potential food and beverage tax project request. Okay. Yeah, more so than a park budget um, and certainly not a general fund request. All right. What about you? 
well, Steve. You're you're asking the question, would you support using twenty to thirty thousand from the budget? Yes. No, sir. I would not support it. All right. All right. There we go. Very good. We, we made got through, through everything. The, we made it through. I'll we, tell you what, having two elected officials on at one time is exhausting, Dakota. <laughs> yeah, we did so much. Ron Raman wants to know if you're going to run the mini marathon this weekend. Um, I can't because it's um, sheep shearing day for us. Oh, okay. My neighbor, is a he he runs a lot, and he mm. says that he sees you out all the time. Yep. And uh, he says he, you always run in the same white tank top that says Nate Lamar County Council. This time of year, yes. <laughs> Nate ran in our uh, – we used to have the, the Clover Fun Run or the Clo- Clover 5K That's at right. Memorial Park, and Nate ran in that a few times. Uh, I, was, I will I was be ready. doing the Newcastle Mini Marathon, though, uh, June 23rd. There you go. Right. I won't be running in it because we'll be at the Libertarian Convention. I'm not a big runner on yeah. su- on Saturday, <laughs> giving a big presentation while they're out there running. All right, so we're at the point in the show where we do final thoughts. Steve, we're going to let you uh, we're going to let you go first. This is where people can you know it, it, you're raising money as a candidate, so you no, should, I'm not raising money. This is this is where yeah. I say all candidates should be raising money because you got a reelection <laughs> and yada yada yada. So this is where the people can you, you can donate. They can come work the polls. They can help you out. Learn more about you. How do they get in touch? All that. All right. Well, since uh, my phone number's hard to find, I guess, <laughs> I'm Steve Duggar. My phone number is 765-730-5201. Anybody can have it. I don't care. Call me. Don't like your conversation. Oh, well, you know, that, <laughs> I don't have to listen to you. You don't have to listen to me. But if you ask me a question, I'll sure give you an answer. I, I will. I can't, you know, I, I'm just a straightforward guy. I really am. And I get, I, you know, to be in the job that I've been in, I get along well with people. I do. And I think, uh, I think being in the ministry, a lot of people uh, may have, when I first ran, underestimated this. Um, Steve Duggar, where's he from? Was he, you know, but they, they, there's been a lot of, I mean, I do a lot of funerals. I do. A uh, lot of weeks, I may have two funerals, three funerals a week, and and that's a lot. I think. Um, yeah. My, mine has been. Um, I have a friend of mine. He's done more than me. He's done over six hundred. Uh, sure. uh, that's a lot of funerals. And on his six hundredth one, they had a special day at the funeral home for him. You know, I oh mean, you know, it's just that he and I, he and I both, we that's we a, do a lot. My dark. brother, my brother's <laughs> a pastor here, but you know, you see, we help a lot of people. And, uh, you know, if I was there with your family when your mother passed away, your father passed away, your grandmother, grandfather, and I was there at the hospital, I was driving back and forth to Indy just because you asked me to. Sure. Uh, a lot of people don't forget that. Uh, they don't forget you marrying their children. And uh, I think that by uh, being in a lot of places, speaking in a lot of places, that uh, people got to know me. And... Uh, so, you know, going down the road of uh, running for county council was just something I thought I'd like to do. I'd like to try that, and I did, and I, I and I like, and and I, I wasn't sure that I'd run for another term, but I've decided that I I would. And like I said earlier in the program, that uh, if I'm elected, it'll be the Lord's will, and if I'm not, it won't be. So I. Uh, I appreciate, though, I know that there will be people that will support me, and I appreciate their confidence in me. 
I appreciate their support. Uh, I really, really do because their vote is a vote of confidence. It is. And I and I thank them in advance for that. Very good. Well, we're All excited right. you're here today with us, Steve. Uh, Nate, final thoughts on your side. If people want to volunteer, get out the vote, any of that stuff, kick sure. in some more money to the campaign fund. Uh, my home phone number is in the phone book, but it is 765-836-5401. Uh, you can also find out more about me through my website. It's just natelamar.com. But um, the reason why I'm running is to create a better Henry County for my daughters. When my daughters go off to college, I want them to have the option to return to meaningful employment here in Henry County. I know many, many parents out there would like the same, but unfortunately the reality is the majority of Henry County children who we send off to college don't return here. I would like to help reverse that, not only for children who grew up in Henry County, but also to attract more people from elsewhere to our county. We have an awful lot here to be proud of. I remember a colleague, Draper, who is originally from Cincinnati. Uh, she told me one time, you guys don't realize what you have here. And I said, um, such as, and she just rattled off Summit Lake State Park, Westwood Lake, Memorial Park. And she said, very few places have that. And so I'm all about quality of life and quality of place and improving that here in Henry County for the next generation. Very good. Well, thank you uh, very much, both of you guys, for, for being here. Um, this has been a good episode, Dakota. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Uh, so I have some final thoughts, I guess. Uh and that is that the tinfoil time topic for Tuesday that we did, we actually did chemtrails because we wanted to touch on something that was not as far out there, you know, because there's a, we, we've talked about, you know, Queen Elizabeth being a you're, cannibal. You're going to ruin these and, guys' credibility you know, completely now yeah. at this point. We, I mean, we, we've always talked on, about, Nate, don't listen to this part. <laughs> we've talked about really obscure <laughs> things uh, until this point. And we were like, you know what, let's get to something and, that, like, do some digging of things that people, like, a lot of people really believe in. So that's where we went with that one. I thought it, I thought it ended up pretty good. It was more free-flowing free this time. And we changed it. Uh, $5 a month gets you access to that. It's at $0.17 cents a day. You can also get access to the uh, private Facebook group that we have. Um, there's just there's a lot of We've added different merchandise that that you get if you subscribe, and it's we've we've done a pretty good job of handling that. And I really, okay, you said it was a maybe on that studio space. I really liked it. I I have a vision already. Well, we're negotiating. Let's not <laughs> let's not tell the potential landlord or a yes yet. I'm not have saying you yes. nothing from I'm our just president. Saying that the that the vision I have in my head is awesome. It's I, it it very very plausible. I'm, I'm excited that, about the prospects. I'm looking forward to uh, getting our new equipment as well, and I'm also looking forward to giving our big presentation on Saturday at the uh, Libertarian Party of Indiana State Convention. That's it. So we are uh, we are giving a 45-minute presentation. You, myself, and Danny Lundy uh, from, right. from Morgan County, the three of us, are basically talking about this show in front of a, about yeah. 100, 150 We're libertarians. talk about how we became so wildly successful. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> By libertarian standards. Uh, and then uh, we get to meet uh, the keynote at that thing. I think you probably can still buy a convention package. I, uh, if you want to go see us or, you know, you're interested in it, 
Uh, it's at the Marriott Hotel, downtown Indy, on Saturday. Uh, we're, the keynote is going to be from Governor Bill Weld, uh, former Republican governor of uh, Massachusetts. Uh, and, uh, so we're going to get to hang out with him a little bit on Saturday. He was the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party, and yep. he's uh, not quietly uh, run, looking at running for president as a Libertarian. So he's going to all these conventions and kicking the idea around, and uh, I'll get to meet him for the first time this uh, yeah. this weekend. We'll have That'll a firsthand account of, uh, of a governor. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and it's going to be a good convention. So uh, Tuesday next week, we're going to do our election night show. We're going to call in and try to get Steve or uh, or Nate. Uh, we can call Steve on his cell phone. Nate, uh, uh, I guess we'll have to call the house and have them transfer it <laughs> over to his cell phone or something because we only got his eight three six number. But uh, we'll, we're going to try to uh, we're going to try to get some of these guys on on Tuesday. Yeah, have the live election results. Uh, we'll see what happens in the uh, in the sixth district race, Democrat and Republican side. Uh, David Letterman was in town. I missed him by thirty uh, seconds yesterday. That, yeah. Uh, Jeannie, uh, Jeannan or J- Jenny, uh, Lake, uh, Jenny, Jeannan, 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 Lee Lake. Yeah. If, she, if she's our congresswoman, yeah. we'll know it this time next year. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, she was, she had a campaign event at the caffeinery and David Letterman stopped by and gave her a fistful of cash apparently. So she got uh, a little wow, money bump cool. from Dave yesterday. Good for her. I literally drove by on my way home from uh, my way back to work from lunch and saw her car and said, man, I should stop in. And I didn't. And I was like, I, I hadn't met her yet. And I was like, I just yeah. want to stop yeah. in and meet her. And I said, no, I won't. My instincts told me I should have, and I should have listened, because literally within 30 seconds of that, I would have met David Letterman. Always listen to your gut. I know. I didn't do it. I, I doubted myself, and then I got back to the office, and I'm like, oh, my God. So <laughs> missed it. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, and then, uh, so we're going re- 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 to report results on that. And then uh, Thursday, Thursday, the uh, the 10th, while these guys are out raising my taxes, we're going uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're to have, uh, have a show just, uh, just amongst the cast members kind of kicking – Kicking around the results of the election and uh, doing a little preview and just talking amongst ourselves. We're going to have a fun episode. So looking yep. forward to that. We will see you, uh, see you all on Tuesday night. See you guys later. All right. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, independents as they talk about what is happening in the news and we have many other podcasts like the chris spangle show upward the cost raw audio politics miranda's world and tad talk which is quite a ride so check all of these out go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts thanks for listening thank you for listening to the we are libertarians network get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com